The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Chadville. Happy Wednesday to you. How about that uh, Oilers game last night? Beating the Islanders. What was it? 5 2. James Neal with four goals are now 3 0 to start the season. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, it's and that was interesting because someone uh, th- those four goals got some guy or some lady in town what one hundred grand as a part of that save on food score and win contest. So yes, thank you very much. Uh, let you know, of course, the Oilers play tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. The pregame show three thirty tomorrow. The puck drop at five o'clock. So that means if you're listening for the word of the day tomorrow, I'll give it to you at three twenty. Today, of course, Jet Away with Jaylen will come up at the normal time, 4.20, so keep in mind for that. Uh, lots to get to today. We're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about um, the possibility of... The Edmonton Police Service creating a dedicated animal cruelty unit. The reasons why and why uh, small veterinarian uh, groups in the province are pushing for that. We'll get to that. We'll talk with Andrew Knack about uh, calcium chloride just after 3 o'clock. You guys can get all fired up about that one. Uh, But right now, we told you about this briefly yesterday. You've been hearing about it uh, throughout the day today as well. And we're going to expand on it. Uh, For the next half hour on this show, um, the federal government quietly rolled back what it pays hospitals to take care of military members. Global News has confirmed with sources within the military, provincial and federal governments that Ottawa made major changes this spring to the fees it reimburses to hospitals when they provide health care to military members. So just to be clear, members of the military receive health care benefits through the federal government instead at the provincial level. Uh, What those changes mean concretely is that the military will cover less of the fees physicians charge for services, leaving hospitals on the hook, apparently for millions of dollars. But what's muddying the waters here, my friends, are claims that the provinces have been charging double, even triple, to treat military members. Why is that? Well, let's start with Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson. Canadian troops don't have provincial health care cards. They cut them up when they join the forces. Their health care becomes the military's responsibility and they see military doctors. But the Department of National Defense doesn't provide full spectrum care. When more advanced procedures are needed, troops use the same hospitals and doctors as civilians and the military reimburses the hospital's costs. But this spring, a major change. Multiple sources told Global News orders came from within DND to cut health care spending. One of the first targets, fees charged by hospitals for seeing military patients. In a move that stunned provinces across the country, the military quietly announced major cuts to what it would pay for hospital services without warning or consultation. Estimates obtained by Global News show drastic cuts to what the military will now cover. From $359 for an ER visit to $93.70, a decrease of almost 7 and for day surgery, a drop of 96%. And the military will no longer pay for CT scans or MRIs that cost $700 to $800 each. Documents obtained by Global News show hospitals anticipating a major shortfall as a result, an estimated $10.5 million in Ontario and at least $2 million in Alberta. 
This will mean an increasing strain on their resources if they don't have the same financial um, amounts coming in with respect to um, our serving members and veterans, which will mean that they will uh, likely have to uh, cut back on some of the services that they offer. Military sources privately told Global News the health care budget has been ballooning for years and they're under pressure to find savings. Defense analyst David Perry warns the move could be risky. For uh, armed forces and a Department of Defense that spent several years saying that their people are their priority, uh, it's going to look bad if one of the areas where there's uh, an effort to reduce spending is on the health side. But some military health sources think the feds are being gouged by hospitals and insist the new rates are more fair. Alberta and Ontario say that's not true and the new rates do not accurately reflect the full cost of delivering health care to CAF members. DND acknowledged the cuts to global news but insists it's working actively with provincial and territorial governments and civilian hospitals with respect to the billing changes. The fear now that military members actively serving their country could be denied services or told to pay out of pocket. Two sources told Global News that one Ontario hospital is already refusing military members MRI slots, leaving troops in limbo in a battle they never signed up for. Mercedes Stevenson, Global News, Mississauga. Our Mercedes Stevenson, who broke that story yesterday. Now, again, military members aren't eligible for provincial coverage, so Ottawa pays the provinces to treat them. Um, but as you heard Mercedes uh, say in that report, multiple sources say that um, um, the problem is that the fees are simply too high. You heard her talk about um, the feds being gouged, that the belief is that the federal government being gouged when it comes to this. Here's Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan. As it stands now, um, a member of the Canadian Armed Forces, when they get treated um, at a hospital, pays more for the, uh, the service than a Canadian just because they don't, um, just because they wear a uniform. And that is wrong. So this is one of the reasons why we are in this, or the Canadian Forces uh, Health Services Group is in discussions with the provinces and territory on the, uh, on the fees uh, structure. Again, as sources saying the cost of a procedure for a military member in some cases is three times higher, three times higher than a civilian. Um, Ottawa and Alberta disputing that. And as you heard, Alberta Health Services saying the new rates will likely lead to a $2 million shortfall. Alberta Health Minister Tylo, Tyler Shandro had this to say just a short time ago. DND has refused to share the rationale for the new rates. The decision is disrespectful towards the provinces, and it's hypocritical given Justin Trudeau's recent commitments to expand Medicare have refused to share the rationale for the decision. In my hands, I, I have a, a piece of paper from National Defense uh, that was provided to me by um, uh, the widow of a military member. And in it, it says, you know, the change is coming into effect May 1st, 2019. The question, why was this change ma uh, made? And this, uh, by the way, it was a Department of National Defense to, uh, to Blue Cross, to a Blue Cross provider. 
And uh, the question, why was this change made? Response, a recent audit and departmental review demonstrated significant overpayment and billing variation across the country for services provided to eligible uh, CAF members. As a result, the previous fee payment structure is being replaced by the adoption of provincial territorial codes to address these variations. And then there was a question about whether or not hospitals and physicians were informed of these changes. And the response says the provincial territorial ministers of health were notified of the change in writing by the Surgeon General of the Canadian Armed Forces. The provincial territorial medical associations have also been invited to a number of discussions on these changes with either the Surgeon General or CAF senior leadership. What it does not say in there is if it was before or after the changes uh, were made. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be joined by Michael Blake the president and founder of uh, the Canadians veteran the of uh, the Canadian Veterans Advocacy Group for his thoughts on what's happening. All right. Well, welcome back. We're talking uh, about the fact that the federal government has rolled back what it pays hospitals to take care of military members. The changes were made this spring, and there are concerns that the changes could result in some members being denied health care services. Also questions being asked about how much um, the provinces are charging um, to to take care of military members. And in some cases, there's, there's talk that it could be up to two, three times uh, what they would charge a civilian. Uh, patient. So right now joined by Michael Blay. He's a veteran and he is president and founder of Canadians Veterans Advocacy. Hi Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Greetings from Ontario. Hope you are well. (laughs) Well it's a little chilly out here Michael but you know what? (laughs) It's fall time in Alberta so we'll take it. Amen. Let's start with this. Why would would hospitals be charging our military members uh, and the DND a higher rate for care than the rest of us? Well, you know, we have to do a little history lesson, I guess. As you know, and as Mercedes comprehensively reported, there are many issues at play here. Uh, Most importantly, the National Defense Act, which stipulates, as you know, that uh, serving members will be treated by the national or national defense. And when this was formulated, you know, there was a time when the military actually had doctors and hospitals and and a network of comprehensive clinics. Uh, You know, I was repatriated or AREVAC from Cyprus in 85 to Germany where there was a military hospital first and then to National Defense Headquarters Medical Center in Ottawa where, you know, full comprehensive nature was taken. So over time, they have negated that. Several governments, conservative and liberal, have have downloaded that responsibility to the provinces, yet they have failed to acknowledge the fact that that, that the, the prices that were stipulated maybe at that time for an occasional use certainly are not at play today. And as a consequence, there's a significant drain on DND's health budget. Now, the second issue, if I may, you know, especially for Alberta, where we have such a large military concentration, mm-hmm. let us not forget that everyone, everyone, of these soldiers pays into the health program of Alberta. Yep. We pay provincial tax. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we buy houses there. We buy gas. We spend our paychecks there. And, you know, that's Cold Lake. We, we've created an entire community based around that where 
everyone benefits. So, you know, for the provinces to come forward and say, well, you know, they're they're not getting enough money. Well, they're they're getting well, that it, money that every citizen of Alberta would pay, but they're not providing anything back in service. Yeah, and, and then they go ahead, Michael. And, and then they, you know, I mean, I've come up with these prices that are extremely detrimental to our troops. Yeah, and I will use the uh, comparison Mercedes used in in, in Ontario for health care. You know, where it's one hundred and five dollars compared to two forty. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, over time, that's four four treatments that veteran would have had for the price of two. And, and when you look at it, that, who suffers, my friend? It's the serving member. Um, so I'm not too happy with this at all. I think they're doing the right thing. I don't think they're going about it the right way by any means. There should have been consultation. But, you know, I have no problems with the minister coming out and saying that it should be fair and equal uh-huh. when when these serving members are, are, are living in your community and yeah. they're paying taxes to you. Well, exactly. So, you know, I think... Uh, Hopefully, a rationality will come forward. This will not become a political issue, hopefully, because, you know, I get upset when I see uh, uh, it get politicalized because sometimes then it goes astray and it takes longer to cure. And, and uh, as I say, well, at Michael, the end of and, the day. And you need to, and you know, you know, you, you mentioned Cold Lake. Of course, I'm calling you from Edmonton, uh, mass mm-hmm. based here. Thousands of, of military members calling Edmonton home. Um, we can we can get de- down into the weeds with this, um, and and I don't necessarily want to want to do that because one of the things I did want to talk to you about when it comes to when it comes to healthcare services for military members, this has been an ongoing issue for years, and I know there's been reports done and studies done, and um, you know uh, families saying that it is so hard uh, to reestablish medical services after relocation. We have thousands of members who move every single year across this country and end up getting delayed uh, to services, delayed to treatment. You've gone through it as a, as a, as a veteran. What was it like for you? Um, or was it, was it better 20, 30 years ago than, than what I'm hearing from, uh, from now from, from, from members here in Edmonton or was it, was it a challenge then too? No, I think it was much better because when I came back from, so I couldn't walk. I was very vacked by a hurt and then a 707, had serious operation, long-term uh, recovery. But that was all covered in a military hospital uh, 30 years ago. And all my recovery or uh, rehab was done at the base where I was living at in Ontario. You know, so there was no, no, no drain on that civilian yeah civilian infrastructure even though i was paying tax for it mm. right you know I, I keep going back to that point because it bothers me that anyone in canada is taxed for something knowingly not going to be delivered mm-hmm. you know i think i think all, all all military members should get a rebate on this why are we paying you know a substantial or a portion of our provincial tax every year you know, uh, supporting regimes that are, are supposed to provide health through buying gas and all other products that they tax and not not being provided service. I find that's well, one of the root causes of our injustice. Here. You, you know, there's there's issues on a, a number of levels here. There's there's issues, obviously, with um, with our current serving members and mm-hmm. um, concerns about uh, the possibility of them being denied treatment or not have access to treatment. So we'll see how this shakes, shakes down over the coming months, to say the least. But we also have to look at, you know, veterans uh, as well and, and some of the challenges that, that they're facing, too 
in trying to in trying to get treatment. My gosh, I just heard of unfortunately an awful story this past weekend of um, someone, a, a veteran who had his his um, his claims denied, 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 and he took his own life this past mm. weekend. And, and and he's not the first. No, and he's not. And and you know, I find it so frustrating frustrating on this level because you know as, as a stakeholder i have served on mental health and policy over the past three years and myself and the legion equitas mark campbell from edmonton was there all these people came together and we brought forward all of these significant significant reforms that would have assisted veterans in a positive manner and a definitive manner but then it gets to you know the deputy minister and the bureaucrats and you know all of a sudden we produced uh, seven or eight meaningful things that need to be done they said well pick 30 percent it's always 30 percent and you know we see all these millions hundreds of millions of dollars i mean let's be fair the conservatives stripped the department 700 frontline workers taken out results in 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 catastrophes and to to situations just like you it's the fine someone taking their life mm -hmm. because of the of the delays and yet yet there's no progress and, you, know, you know successive ministers my god i've gone through eight of them now and not one of them will call general natensha to account for not meeting the performance objectives that both conservatives and liberals have put forward well when, and, and is it any wonder veterans are upset well it, i mean holy moly michael and, and it's one of the things i was going to bring up to you next i mean it has simply been a revolving door through the veterans affairs ministry for the past 10 years it's absolutely pathetic Exactly. And there's no leadership there, which means what? The deputy minister is running the department. You know, I mean, that's why uh, Prime Minister Harper brought him in, you know, the ex-CDS, Uncle Walt. We all bobbed our head. Oh, this is going to be great. He's going to fix it. But, you know, we have Attorney General's report. It's not Mike Blaze complaining. It's bitter reality. You know, and I mean, on a bureaucratic level, you know, let's remember, you know, they clawed back $160 million and then tried to hide it. You know, they, they came out under the liberals. But this was longstanding. This was 2000 to 2010. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, who? Who buries that? So, Which bureaucrat is responsible for so, no so, accounting? So, Michael, if it's not going to be an elected official in, in that role, it, as you said, you know, uh, General Natinchik uh, in there, if it's if it's a former military member, if, if, if neither of them, um, neither of those people with those backgrounds, again, a politician or a, a former general, uh, can get it right, who should be in there? Oh, no. I mean, I, I think that, uh, that there should be a career civil servant in there that knows how to snap that whip and get and meet performance objectives, whatever government provides it, whether it's conservative or liberals. When they come on and say 16 weeks, you, you're the deputy minister, this is a bureaucratic issue, make it happen. And, and they've tried that with General Natunjic, but he keeps failing, failing, failing to make it happen. And, and what's the consequence? Right. You know, we have these huge, huge backlogs, yep. right? You know, we have education times, we have treatment times. And, and then it comes out in the paper that, you know, case managers are spending 50 to 70 percent of their time dealing with this insurance company mentality and all this unnecessary paperwork that was designed by senior bureaucrats to obstruct, deny and delay. Mike Michael, I need to uh, wrap this up right now, but I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Michael Blay is the president and founder of Canadians Veterans Advocacy. Thank you for this. Thank you. Pleasure was mine. Take care now. Michael Blay joining me this afternoon. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Three points. 
on my mind this afternoon as we head down to the 2.30 news. Number one, no serving military member or veteran should be denied medical treatment or worry about whether or not they can get it. That's unacceptable. Number two, the federal government, in my opinion, needs to come up with some sort of plan, some sort of universal cross-border health card, universal card of some sort that allows for easy access to provincial services when our members move. And let's remember about 10,000 of our military uh, members move every couple of years. Every couple of years. Wrap your head around that. There has been work about a so-called seamless initiative which would help military families transition after relocation. It needs to get done. And number three, let's see a Veterans Affairs Minister who wants the job, who's going to work for our members, who's going to stand up for them. It has been, as I mentioned, a revolving door in that office for the past 10 years, and it's time that it stops.